Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see Lord, open the eyes of my heart. 
the words of the song said, he's shining in the light of his glory. We want him to open the eyes of our hearts because we want to see him. Of course, the scripture says that no man can see God and live. That's, I suppose, why the song says, holy, 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 amen. I'm just going to share with you some scriptures just to keep in mind when we proceed to worship God, as we proceed to worship God and move through this, this meeting. In light of this song, the commandment is a lamp and the law is a light and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. High and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. I want to see you. Jesus brought life and that life was the light of men. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. So we have the prophetic word confirm what you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. High and lifted up. The bright morning star is going to be high and lifted up when it rises in our hearts. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region of the shadow of death, light has dawned. Dawned. It's still got to shine to the full bright of day, but it's dawned. That was Matthew's account. Luke says, to give life to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. Then Jesus himself said, a little while longer, the light shining in the light of your glory is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest the darkness overtake you. You've got to keep on walking because it's come to guide your feet into the way of peace. Peace first with God. Walk while you have the light, lest the darkness overtakes you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become the sons of light. It's an ongoing thing. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. I thought that was remarkable that he commands them to walk in the light while they still have the light and then he goes and hides himself from them. He is a God who hides himself. No man can see God and live. But although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him. There's something still lacking in that believe in the light while you have the light. That the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who has believed. Our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. Therefore they could not believe because Isaiah said again, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts lest they should see with see with their eyes. I want to see you. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. How does he harden people? 
just by coming to them with his authority, by the reproofs of instruction that are the way of life. And so they stop believing in the light and they retreat from the light and find little pockets of darkness. And sometimes those pockets of darkness are not as bad as we might think that they would be. Sometimes those pockets of darkness are just slipping into to some talent, some gift. I know one elderly gentleman, when he was moving toward his day of death, he just holed up in his home. His wife had died and he just holed up in his home and read Western novels all the time. There's something that wants to retreat There's something that wants to find a place, a zone of comfort from the light. Maybe it's just little things. The rise of covetousness, which is as idolatry. Just a little image. I'll lean on my expertise. Everybody likes that expertise. I can hide behind that expertise and be a source, a fountain of unending knowledge and information for people. Maybe I can lean on my talent in music. Maybe I can lean on my craft ability. Maybe I can lean on my theological understanding about God. I'm going to find a zone of comfort. I'm going to hide from the light of his glory. Amen. Maybe it's just the comfort zone of my sweet little family. You know what he said, don't you? You remember, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So to retreat from the light is to retreat from God. No matter how innocuous and harmless it may be or may seem, if it's a retreat into the comfort zone of the flesh, it's a retreat from God and the light of his glory and we shall not see him. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And part of that is holy giving of ourselves. It's not ever saying there is a time now where I can retreat, but I want him high and lifted up. And where was he high and lifted up except at the cross? If I be lifted up, I'll draw men unto me high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Now when we get through with looking at the scriptures that explicate that song, are we still going to be able to worship like we did a few moments ago and praise him a few moments ago? Some of you sit there with a glum look on your face and you never lift your hand, you never do a thing until others have offered the sacrifice of praise. Do you think anybody, when they first come before the presence of the Lord, feels like praising Him? We don't do it because we feel like it. We do it because 
to this, we were called to offer a sacrifice. It's not because we feel like doing it, amen, and are waiting for everybody else to offer up the praise and the Holy Spirit begins to move. And so we'll ride the crest of the wave that others have created by their sacrifice. And when we really know what he means by it, Will we still be offering that sacrifice of praise, wanting to see him shining in the light of his glory? Or will we try to find our comfort zones? I can hide the little patches of darkness in my life behind this image and behind that image. After all, I do have this gift and I do have that talent. I can hide all the darkness in my life behind those gifts and those talents and nobody will see it, amen. I can go and retreat into my little family, amen. Amen, and hide, amen, from the light of his glory that shines in the midst of his people. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. That's where the light is shining, the light of his glory. Amen, it's not just in our family, it's in the entire community of Christ, of those of us who have come with unveiled faces. Amen to become sons of light and to step out of the little pockets of selfishness and carnality and, fle and the flesh to shine in the light of his glory. For with you is the fountain of life and in your light we see light. Amen. It's only in his light that we see light. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we will have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from all those pockets of darkness. Amen. Psalm 118. God is the Lord and he has given us light. Therefore, bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. Amen. That's what we're coming here today to do. And not just those who are being baptized. Amen. All of us. Amen. God is the Lord. He is Yahweh. Amen. And he has given us light. Amen. Therefore, bind. Amen. The sacrifice that you once pledged to God with cords to the horns of the altar. Amen. Amen. Because as long as you're in the flesh and as long as you found those zones of comfort and little dark patches that hide you away from the obligations and the sacrifice of God in the context of his community. Amen. Amen. That light is not going to come. If you were once in darkness, amen, now you are in light. Amen. So walk as children of light, Paul said. Jesus went on these things, Isaiah said, when he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nonetheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. Amen. Lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. They were ashamed of him. If any man is ashamed of me, 
and refuses to acknowledge me, so will I be ashamed of him before my Father who is in heaven. They believed in him, but they would not confess him because they loved the praises of men more than the praises of God. It was pride, just like with Pharaoh, that had caused them to harden their hearts. Their image in the eyes of others, amen, their inability to humble themselves and confess him and step into the light and out of the darkness. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me, amen. I long to see you, Lord, shining in the light of your glory. He who sees me sees him who sent me. For I have come as a light into the world. And that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Amen. He's calling us out of every pocket of darkness because God is light. You cannot see him as long as you are entrenched in the darkness. Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights in whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning, no variation. No variableness, no shadow of turning. There is no darkness in him. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. Not falsehood, not lies, not deceit. You remember the 32nd Psalm we ministered from a few weeks ago that Paul quotes in Romans about whom he will, amen, not impute his trans, a man's transgressions to. He said, no deceit was found in their mouth. He always ties together his righteousness with truth. Amen. His righteousness with truth and to those who have pledged their troth to the truth. Amen. Amen. Both words sharing the same root. Amen. That we might be a kind of first fruits of all his creatures. Amen. But Jesus didn't just say, I have come as a light of the world. He said, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Amen. And this is what he's called us to. This is what he wants from us. He wants us to be that city, city, not family, not individual, with lots of little pockets of darkness hiding from one another, hiding from the word of reproof, the instruction that comes to us as the way of life, hiding, amen, our little pockets of darkness. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as the dawn and her salvation as a blazing torch. The Gentile shall see your righteousness and all the kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name which the mouth of Yahweh shall speak. You shall be a crown of glory in the hand of Yahweh, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land anymore be termed desolate, but you shall be called Hephzibah and your land Beulah. For the Lord delights in you and your land shall be married. Your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a virgin, so shall all your sons marry you. 
And as a bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem, and they shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of Yahweh, do not keep silent and give him no rest until he establishes, until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the whole earth. You are sons of light and sons of the day, not of the night nor of the darkness. And Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. We have become like those who heard the voice of John the Baptist. He was a burning and shining lamp, Jesus said, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. Amen. 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 But no more. Amen. Willing for a time to rejoice in his light. Amen. But no more. Amen. There is no context for you to escape the little falsehoods and illusions, amen, covered in fig leaves, little falsehoods and illusions that Satan has made you the victim of. Let God be found true and every man a liar. There's not one of us who hasn't slipped into falsehood and illusion. That's why we have to bind with cords the sacrifice to the horns of the altar. And there's not a chance in the world outside of an authentic, real discipling church, amen, that's willing to bring the reproofs of instruction as the way of life. Amen. As a way of life. There is not a chance in the world, amen, that you will ever escape those pockets of darkness. For the church of the living God is the pillar and ground of the truth. It's the ground out of which God's truth springs forth. And it is the pillar that upholds the truth in every single human life. And without that fellowship among the children of light in the city set upon a hill. Amen. Without those deep bonds connecting you as a living sacrifice to God's people, where is the light going to come? How is it going to reach you? And how are you ever going to see the Lord shining in the light of his glory? To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, there is no light of dawn in them. And that's why God has set you watchmen on the walls. If you don't establish Jerusalem by ferreting out the pockets of darkness in people's lives, amen, how can this ever become a city set upon a hill? Community will become a pretense.
People will be able to live together on pieces of land and not garden together, not milk together, not break bread together, not sharing anything of their lives together. At least not according to that ordering of love that God has given. And if you can't bind yourself with cords to the horns of the altar, don't come and take the cursed life of Jesus who hung upon a tree upon yourself because it says you're going to be baptized into his death. That's my word to you who are getting baptized and to you who would dare to take communion. Amen. This isn't some interesting curiosity. Prophesying smooth sayings for your delectation and spiritual taste buds. This is God's call to a people. And our response is going to determine what our fate is as individuals and as a people. And I'm not saying everybody's in this place, but I know there's a bunch of us that are. And God is speaking to us. Amen. This can become a specialized, industrialized. We can undergo an, uh, the managerial revolution run by experts. None of us take an initiative for anything in the spirit until some expert is going to tell us how it should all be done. Where is the spirit in your life? Now, I'm not talking about seeking confirmation. I'm talking about not doing anything until someone tells us to. And then just retreating into zones of comfort. And you know, I know some of you what you're going to say. You're going to say, see, did you hear what he preached? Church is falling apart. Hey, let me tell you something. From beginning to end, it is warfare. Amen. And the church is always on the verge of falling apart and always has been. Paul's church fell apart. Peter's church fell apart. Amen. But we have a promise. Amen. Amen. And it's up to men of God to rise up and declare what God is calling his people to. So that we can be part of the fulfillment of that promise. Because it will be fulfilled. And God has a purpose in every bit of it. That's why Paul said, those who think they stand, take heed lest they fall. It's not a sure deal. What are you looking for? Amen. That's all this church has ever been. When there was just five of us, it was a battle. It was on the verge of falling apart. And when there were 30 of us, it was on the verge of falling apart. And when there was 50 of us, there was on the verge of falling apart. And when there was 100, it was on the verge of falling apart. And when there was 500 and when there was 1,000, it was on the verge of falling apart. And when there's 20,000 or 250,000, it will be on the verge of falling apart. Because there is always a struggle between the flesh and the spirit.
And what keeps it from falling apart is God speaking his word to his people. We are upheld. We are upheld by the word of his power. And when we go to heaven to be with the Lord, we will have just barely avoided falling apart. The righteous are going to scarcely be saved. And we can turn like the disciples did and say, who then can be saved? We can give you the same answer Jesus gave. With men, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So we have no choice but to turn to the Lord, you see. That's what his message to us is. We have to turn to God or we're not going to make it. There's nothing within ourselves to rest upon. There's no accomplishments. There's no gifts. There's no talents. There's no expertise. There's no knowledge. There's no wisdom of man. There is nothing that we have done or will do that we can ever rest upon. Our rest is in the Lord. Amen.